Hello everyone and welcome to the Commander's Forge. My name is Andy Bentley and the Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and anything else that I deem worthy to help distract me from this crazy world. Now today I am going to take one small step away from magic to talk about D&D. Mainly the D&D movie and the D&D movie tie-in Secret Lair. And I kind of want to start with that today. So the Secret Lair does come with uh, six cards. One of them being double-faced. And there's always the possibility that because it's a Secret Lair, there will be an additional card added once they go out. Uh, I would venture to guess it's either going to be like the mimic that was in the movie or possibly the dragon. But I don't want to get into too many spoils, spoilers of the movie. But let's start with the cards. So first up we have Edgin the Larsenius Lutinist. For one, a blue and a red. He is a 3-3 human bard. Each non-land card in your hand without foretell has foretell. Its foretell cost is equal to its mana cost, reduced by 2. Whenever you cast your second spell each turn, goad target creature and opponent controls. Mm, I, I, there are already goad decks out there. This, I think, could slot into many of them. We're just going to move on. Uh, Doric, Nature's Warden, is 3 and a green for a 3-3 Tiefling Druid. It has uh, Vigilance, and when Doric enters the battlefield, search your library for a forest card, put it onto the battlefield, tap, then shuffle. Whenever Doric attacks, you may pay 1 and a green. If you do, transform her. She becomes Doric Owlbear Avenger, which is a 6-6 Bird Bear with Vigilance and Trample. When this creature transforms into Doric Owlbear Avenger... Other legendary creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and trample till end of turn. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, transform Doric. This is important because with it being at the beginning of your upkeep, it means you have that 6-6 six, six as a blocker. Next up, we have Holga, Relentless Rager. Uh, for red-red, for a 4-6 human barbarian with haste. Holga must be blocked to fable. And whenever Holga attacks, each creature you control attacking a player gets plus one plus zero to end of turn for each creature that player controls. Hmm, that one's interesting. Don't know if I would build that, but I mean, going after anybody with just a bunch of one ones. Oh, but she doesn't give them trample. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting conundrum. Uh, next up, we have Simon, the Wild Made Magic Sorcerer, two and a blue for a 1-1 Human Elf Shaman. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell with mana value 3 or greater, roll a d20. On a 1-9, to nine, each player draws a card. On a 10 to a 19, you draw a card. And on a 20, you copy that spell, and you may choose new targets for the copy. Interesting. Shaman. Don't really know where I would put this uh yeah uh next up we have Zenk uh Paladin Unbroken two white white for a 2-4 human knight with double strike and auras you control have exalted 
honestly, that that one sounds like the most fun to build around so far. Uh, that said, uh, the last card in the set is Forge, the Neverwinter Charlatan. Uh, three and a black for a 2-4 human rogue with menace. It has ward, sacrifice a creature. And uh, Forge, Neverwinter Charlatan gets plus 2, plus 0 for each treasure you control. Whenever one or more players sacrifice one or more creatures, you control it. You create a tapped treasure token. This ability triggers only once per turn. That one seems like it's probably the easiest one to build around. Uh, but yeah. So as far as the movie itself goes, the way I've described it to people without getting very into like what happens in the movie, as somebody who has played D&D for many years, this was an amazing movie. Because I get a lot of the humor they're going for, the jokes they're going for. And honestly, as somebody who has been a player, but mostly a DM, I can see where the inspiration for what the characters do comes from. Like, again, I don't really want to get into spoilers, but there is a part where they plan an escape and just the the way it goes off definitely makes me think of sitting around a table with you know somebody going wait i have an idea and then just rolling with it so in in that case amazing amazing movie but i've also told my friends and family that are not into D&D that it's still a really good movie without all of the background lore and stuff. Honestly, I would suggest going to see it. It's very good. And that's all I got for that. Because again, I don't want to get into spoilers. So that said, uh, I will see you in the next segment where I'm going to go over the decks that I have picked out so far to go to Minneapolis with me. I will be right back. Hey, I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody, and I know it isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff. Believe me, I know that. But if you would like to help support the podcast and me, you can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always put into the description of either the video or the audio wherever you're listening to it it would really mean the world to me honestly i'm just struggling to make ends meet most weeks but that's it that's all if you want to help the links will be where you can find them and we're back now I've narrowed down most of the decks that I'm going to be taking to Magic Con Minneapolis. So let's go over a quick list. I still have room for, I believe, one more deck, maybe two. I forget. But let's start off with Urtet, Remnant of Memnarch. I talked about this recently. I'm very close to having it finished. I just need, like, ten more cards. That one's definitely going with me. It's going to be 
heavy merfolk with some combo potentials. Uh, next up, we have Othari Sun's Glory. Uh, Othari is a red-white token uh, with a slight dash of equipment. Uh, yeah. Uh, Linden, the Steadfast Queen, uh, is my very aggro white deck that I'm kind of known for. She's kind of my baby, so she goes with me wherever I go. Uh, Goreclaw, Terror of Calcisma, which is just big green monsters. Not really a whole lot more to go into that one. We have Adelie's the Cinderwind, which is our wizards deck, but it's more just a spellslinger deck with wizards as like the background. Uh, Kelsey and the Plague, which I've reworked recently into more of a Voltron deck with more artifacts and slightly less ways to give him Death Touch, but still plenty of ways to give him Death Touch. Anne Raker the Traveler, which is a mono black. I'm not sure where to put it because one side of it is like fairly aggressive, like robots, and the other side is, well, combo, to put it lightly. Uh, after that, we have Ganax Astral Hunter with a Criminal Pass background. This is a just a black-red dragons list. Tends to play a little more mid-range. Then we have Nadar Selfless Paladin, which is a mono-white Dungeoneer deck. We follow that up with Sephiroth of the Hidden Ways, which is a Esper dungeon deck. The main difference there is Nadar tends to play a little more aggro, and Sephiroth tends to play a little more mid-range. And then I am uh, so far filling out this list with my Yumori the Collector deck, which is a Golgari Planeswalker deck. Uh, doesn't come out terribly often, but every once in a while I like to pull it out for, you know, just some, just some fun. So, so far that is everything that I'm planning on bringing to Minneapolis. Most of these lists are on my architect, but I don't know what upgrades I might be making between, you know, now and then there's a full month between now and Magicon uh, Minneapolis. So yeah, who knows? We might uh, we might get some new fun stuff, or I might completely change my mind and decide to build something else. But for the most part, I think that's uh, that's where we are, and. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of nervous about Minneapolis, just, you know, I'm just uh, nervous about, you know, the finances and stuff, but, you know, I'll figure it out. Yeah, 
I don't really think I have anything else here because I really didn't want to go into like a full breakdown of every deck I'm taking. If people want, I can do that at a later date. So this is going to be a nice short one, and I will see you next time. Uh, goodbye. Thank you for listening. All of my links can be found in my link tree in the description below. I would like to thank Ian Foss and Cody Mulpey of the band The Crypt for allowing me to use music for my opening and ending, along with Nate and Erica Jacobs for making my original logo. And I would also like to thank Christina McNichol for creating my new logo. And I'll see you next time.